0: The following content is meant purely for educational and informational purposes, and should not be relied upon as financial, investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. This is the Fundamentals Podcast, where we demystify crypto and help you navigate this ever-evolving internet-native economy. In this episode, we're joined by Adani, the co-founder and CPO of Mistin Labs, the team behind the Swee blockchain. We dive into the intricacies of the SWE blockchain and how it's designed to achieve unprecedented levels of scalability and user experience. We explore SWE's unique technical architecture, their focus on user-centered product design, and their vision for the true mass adoption of blockchain technology. Adani also highlights some of Sui's key performance indicators, rates their performance since launching on mainnet, details some of Sui's strategic partnerships, and walks through the opportunities he sees in the gaming, commerce, and finance market sectors. We also speak about EVM compatibility, the differences between modular and monolithic blockchains, and what the rationale has been behind SWE's approach on these fronts. Tune in for a great discussion about the fundamentals of SWE and the broader blockchain market sector. Remote recordings also require like a different level of hyping up beforehand because you don't see the other person. I mean, I find myself, I, I put this routine together where I actually have a three song playlist, like pretty much 10 minutes before I hop on. I just kind of get myself
1: you
0: into this kind of gym mood or, or something so I could actually keep the energy up and staring at a screen because I love doing pods, but there is something lacking when it's not in person. But, you know, I agree, there, I agree. There, are, there are more pros mm-hmm. and cons to it.
1: I'll do my best to be more perked up. Awesome.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Let's do it. Hello, Adani. Welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. It's really great to have you on. Thank you so much for inviting me. Pleasure. Excited. I'm really excited to get to dive into how SWE is positioned within the broader blockchain market sector, where your ecosystem is at today, and what you have planned for the future. So kind of following that framework, I think it would be great to start with you walking us through what the core problem really is that Swee set out to solve within the blockchain space.
1: Sure thing. Our team has spent years working on blockchain tech. And while at Facebook, working on Libra, launching Libra, we had the opportunity to look at all the gaps in the technical stack that would develop by most blockchain providers, including our own, actually. So when we left Facebook, we made a decision not to build what we built at Facebook, not use what we'd invented, but to invent something new. And we saw fundamentally that there are areas and gaps in how blockchains are overall designed that prevent scale. We think blockchains today have been built mostly as a dial-up era and not built for broadband. And there are a few elements of that. We think um, people talk a lot about TPS, and they don't talk a lot about what you can do with that TPS. They just the number is interesting, but reality is what are the real bottlenecks in a blockchain? And one of them is consensus. And that's just one of the gaps. And then the other is execution. How do you parallelize transactions? The other, of course, is storage. How do you ensure that you can actually store data in a very cheap and effective way moving forward? And how do you give a real uh, flexible programming language for people to build interesting use cases above and beyond what already exists today? So SWE took a a lot of input from what has been designed elsewhere. We looked at the gaps and then we came up with a new protocol. If I had to summarize how SWE works in the simplest of forms, blockchains generally are not parallel processing machines they're really procedural you know you, you process one transaction at a time and you kind of hide it with a lot a lot of trickery but reality is what you're doing is you're processing one transaction at a time if I show one example imagine this is one asset in blockchain right this is this is really I would say this is a smart contract in blockchain and in that smart contract you have multitude of assets imagine these are all assets and the problem with that is Every time you want to transact, let's say this is USDC. Every time I want to transact, we're all hitting the same smart contract. There's congestion within the contract itself. And layer two is to solve that problem by, okay, let's have more stacks that you could use to store contracts in so that we can reduce the congestion you deal with as a programmer. And we think that involves a lot of complexity. And actually that doesn't solve the fundamental scale problem. What we've done differently in SWE is we've taken everything to an object model, which is what most programmers in the world are used to so in Sui, rather than there's been a smart contract this is an object in itself so imagine this is one balance of uscc sitting on an account and i can have 50 balances of uscc sitting on my account but everyone is a single object and the great thing about that is depending on how many cpus i have the more transactions i can do in parallel it's not based on some consensus optim- optimization it's a data model optimization and that sets we aside so in a, in a layer one, you try to basically have as much parallelism as possible. We don't see that in layer ones that exist today. With SWE, what you get is every object itself is its own single parallel object, its own parallel asset. That means SWE doesn't have the same traditional bottlenecks as a blockchains. And SWE, as a benefit of that design, this is what Google, Facebook, we do in designing systems at scale. We don't have a max TPS. The more objects you have, the more CPUs you have, the more TPS you have that's the design. If I had to summarize sweet the difference to other blockchain.
0: I think that's a great summarization and having unlimited TPS is quite a bold statement as well, but let's, let's dive into how you, how you achieve that. Now, given this different approach with like the object model, when we think of your architecture and, and consensus mechanism, what were the main technical innovations that you really needed to introduce in order to achieve this unlimited scalability?
1: Yeah, there are a number of things. One, as I mentioned already, I don't want to believe the point is the object model, which is the first thing to getting scale. The second is the fact that you program an object as well, right? You've got a data model that effectively the, the smallest unit of computation in suite is a strongly typed object. These aren't bits and bytes that you deal with with other blockchains. These are actual typed objects that are strong that you can pass in between smart contracts. What you, What you now have is a programming language that is very similar to Rust. You could take an object, you could take an asset, you could pass it into a smart contract, the rules will be will be respected by the underlying runtime. And then that gives you greater composability that doesn't that you're not afforded elsewhere today. In Ethereum, if I wanted to do that, I'd pass bits and bytes from one contract through interfaces. And there's no real way to ensure that is effectively respected. And we have a lot of hacks as a result of poor interfacing. In Sui, because objects are strongly typed and because the runtime maintains integrity, you can have this very free form of permissionless um, composability that you just don't get elsewhere beyond that as well it's the storage models because we doesn't need the merkelization of storage that you get with traditional blockchain where really a small fraction of your storage is the actual data whereas the rest of it is merkel roots and traditional blockchains that's why it's very expensive to store on, it's very expensive to store um, on solana or other chains it's very very cheap to store data on sui it's probably the cheapest chain to store data on and Because of that model, it allows us to actually have rich data on chain. So in a typical chain, when you want to mint an NFT or you want to mint an asset, you would store the metadata off chain because it's just too expensive. Now with SWE, because the storage is actually quite low cost, you will store all the metadata on chain. And why does that matter? It matters because, one, the image can be on chain. But more importantly, the metadata is on chain. Namely, smart contracts now have access to that data. So I can write a smart contract that takes into account the amount of metadata that you have and make decisions based on that metadata, which again, enforces greater composability. And the other aspect I mentioned is horizontal scalability. In traditional blockchains, if you have people saying, our our TPS is X, Y, and Z, you're saying that is the maximum amount of business I can do. If you go to Google or Facebook and you build on Google or Facebook infrastructure, you just keep throwing apps and Google figures out in the background how to scale. is the same, right? Because of all these innovations we've made you can scale storage you can scale throughput right you can scale essentially by adding more workers to each validator so if the network gets busy because we're processing too many objects at the same time validators incentivize to turn on more more infrastructure to scale horizontally and when it's no longer needed just like super bowl is done we turn off those machines and you're back to normal scale again so the ability to dynamically scale up and down resources is very akin to cloud and that's we that's what makes we very very different from others. The tokenomics as well is different. If I store data today, five years time, that data is no longer worth anything. I'm incentivized to delete that data and I get the money back, right? So when you store data on SWE, you're basically holding funds in an escrow. There is no rent or really bad UX as a user you're you're used to. You just know I've paid to store something and it's there. You don't have to worry about monthly payments or anything of that nature. Now, when that NFT is no longer worth anything or that image is no longer worth what the cost of storage is, you can delete that asset and get a rebate of the storage that you paid, which is an intrinsic design to make sure there's never really any bloats and only valuable assets are stored on chain.
0: Okay, that, that's great to hear how that works in practice because, I mean, we're both used to hearing uh, a lot of blockchain projects setting out to solve the scalability trilemma and, you know, increasing throughput, increasing transaction speeds, et cetera. But you really running through how your architecture is different to what exists out there right now is is valuable context to understand how that works in practice. Now. Comparing your performance to some of the current leading blockchains out there, are you able to, off the top of your head, put out any numbers that would kind of help us quantify where you are in terms of your scale and speed right now?
1: Yeah, I can talk of one fact. This year, actually, close to right after Mina, a couple of months after that we had the most of transactions in a single day in history of any blockchain ever, right? And no downtime, no outages. No gas, fee surges, the network just trends along. The CPU barely made a bit, uh, right? So it's already infrastructure, super highly scalable, can deal with the demands of all blockchains combined today that exist at a very low cost. That is one bit of data. But beyond that, we've already benchmarked the network in testnet, and this is the same hardware and software running in mainnet. We have a parallel um, chain that runs at over two hundred and ninety-eight or uh, 297,000 transactions per second with the hardware configuration we have. Now, I mentioned SWE is horizontally scalable. You can simply add more workers to increase the throughput as demand requires. Right now, the demand isn't there. So network will easily top out at 290,000 TPS. Validators at that point can easily um, stem the congestion by adding more hardware. So compared to other networks, I would say SWE is literally orders of magnitude faster. And we're not talking about votes or consensus votes we're not talking about random numbers that have nothing to do with actual transactions. These are actual transactions on the chain. So these are usable transactions by actual users, not by the protocol. That really matters to draw that distinction.
0: Okay, got it. And, w- and when we think of transactions, uh, if we look at your consensus model, you have both like simple transactions and special transactions that so I understood the split between them. When you say 297,000 transactions per second, what are we talking about there?
1: So let's say, for example, I need to send you USDT, right? Uh, or I need to transfer an NFT to a friend or mint an NFT, right? That transaction, because I mentioned before, Sui is an object-based system. Because I know this object belongs to you only, only you can act on that object at any given time, it doesn't need to go through consensus. That is an optimization that SWE only has, which means the settlement time, the finality time, is the lowest of any chain in history. And also, it means that that is infinitely scalable. That is what we call a single-owner transaction. That, you can scale the chain infinitely, right? Separately from that, there's something called what we call shared object transactions. Now, let's imagine you have a DEX, right? And that DEX has a number of multiple owners can own that DEX at any given time. Or you have assets that can be participated with with any number of users. Those can be scaled as well. The more you shard the objects directly on chain or the more pools you have. If I have a USCC or BTC pool and then I want to have parallelism within that, I just create multiple pools and then we have horizontal scalability based on those assets themselves. Those are the more complex transactions. Now, when we benchmark the system, if you benchmark using Sui, you can scale either the single writer transactions or the shared object transactions in the same way, just by adding more pools. So when we benchmark, we benchmark trend, standard transactions. I send you a CCTU, I mint the NFTs. Those get you easily at 297,000 transactions per second. Sui has another benefit that other chains just simply do not have. Sui allows you to effectively batch over one, about 1,024 heterogeneous transactions in one. Now, why does this matter? Most high-scale systems are batch systems today. It's just undeniable. Let's say I want to do something simple, like I want to take, uh, you know, 50 USCC, buy an NFT. Without an NFT, I want to directly put that into some kind of bonding protocol that will earn me a yield. And as a result, I take the LP token, I do something else. Now, in a traditional blockchain, that is a number of transactions, multiple steps, right? In SWE, you do a, a single transaction that would effectively batch those together. And if any one of them fail, it reverses. So you can basically batch as many transactions as you want, well up to 1,024 heterogeneous transactions to get performance. And people are already doing that with with DeFi today, right? I can do an optimization transaction across all pools in one, any number at any given time. And that allows me to do DeFi at very high throughput and very low cost and get optimization. You just wouldn't get elsewhere. You can't do that on any chain that exists today. And these are primitives that matter. If you want to run a payments network, you're going to care about batches. And sweet supports that already.
0: That is amazing. Uh, And when we think of those numbers and compare it to what we're used to seeing in the blockchain space, it seems like you're light years ahead of anything else that is going on. Now, I I know that people listening to this and looking in from the outside are like, hey, but we've been taught the scalability trilemma is pretty hard to crack. There has to be a trade-off somewhere here. What is your kind of response to that counter argument when someone says, well, okay, you reach speed, but w- what are you compromising on?
1: It's a very good question. I'll probably I would make one statement that like we've not hacked the trilemma problem in any way, shape, or form. It's just systems today are just not designed well enough. Right? <laughs> so for for example, right, you people just are trying to scale consensus, right? Like, so what? Right? If your consensus is fast, but your forage is slow, your computation is all parallelizable right? You, you, you've got really poor infrastructure all across the board. There are a number of bottlenecks in a, in a distributed system, and people focus on a high-level, sexy problem as in consensus. We solve the problem from bottom of a stack all the way to the top, and starting from a data model all the way to how we organize transactions that we distinguish, shared versus single owner, allows us to get the kind of performance that's, that's desired. We've not broken the speed of light. That's just not possible, right? And that, Trilemma problem exists today. I would just say it's just through better engineering. That's what gets us to where we are today.
0: And given that and the current state of the blockchain market that you just described, that the problems just haven't been solved well enough yet, how do you see the future of the blockchain market sector evolving? If we think of, say, a time frame of 10 years from now where we live in a crypto-native future, which might be a bit optimistic, but let's use it for the sake of this example. Where does, and, and where does SWE fit into that future?
1: Yeah, our thesis has always been, since we founded the company, in fact, since we started Libra at Facebook, that everybody will own some form of digital asset in the future. It just the infrastructure wasn't there to support that notion. We think also for that to happen, there needs to be a significant improvement in accessibility and UX, right? I think the idea that when I go to a website today, I don't think I'm not going to use this website, I cannot use this website because it's not running on, on Amazon. It has to be run on Amazon or I can't use it, right? This fixation on infrastructure is really poor ux it's already a problem and i think in the future that's going to be a largely hidden away from a consumer a consumer would just simply have the ability to own their in-game assets we think every asset every game in the world that has an element of ownership will eventually start using suite because it just makes sense you have the composability you have object model you can build assets that dynamically change over time that inherit that have inheritance and things of that nature so Beyond that, you also have the fact that I think we think money is going to be digital to a large extent. We think programma, programmable model uh, money is only going to improve the benefits that people get from finance or financial systems. It's going to increase the accessibility. So we just think that notion of digital asset ownership is something that will be commonplace, just not in the form it exists today, namely, I download a wallet, I go and buy a token, I start transacting. That is ridiculous. That's not going to work for the majority of the world. And We've invented some tech to actually solve that. That I'm happy to go into if you if you if you want to know. But we think the idea where the user experience is very similar to Web two. Web two's got great UX, right? It just got poor form of ownership, right? And I think that is going to be fixed with Web three.
0: But I think it's going to be packaged through a Web Web two sort of user experience. So specifically from Sui's perspective, what what does success look like for you in like the end game?
1: So we believe every application that has a form of ownership, whether you're you know, delivering tickets to people for a concert, whether you're dealing with rewards, a rewards program for fandom, whether you're dealing with CDBCs, central bank diesel currencies, whether you're dealing with any form of digital finance or commerce, what happen on SWE. We built Sui for internet scale for that reason. Uh, as you can tell, we're not trying to sell, you know, just tech. We're trying to basically sell the vision of what's possible. From, from, a, from a perspective of a world where assets are given to individuals and users are empowered to own what they have. And that's where we think we succeed. We think we have the tech to do that. Our tech is unrivaled in the industry and our tech is actually backed by the world, world's leading papers, right? And research. So we don't just embed these things, obviously, through our pants. It's actually reviewed by the top most universities and academics in the world, leading academics in the world. And beyond that as well, we built a very unique team. Sam Blackshear is the inventor of Move. He actually invented a Move language and has made magnificent strides to improve that further at, at Miston. Evan, one of the co-contributors to LLVM, which is what runs in every single one of your phones today. George Denise is probably one of the most famous scientists in Greece, but, you know, very highly cited expert in distributed systems. And Kostas, who ran crypto at Facebook and also all the crypto you're using on WhatsApp, a lot of that was is, is being invented by a, a team that he led as well. So we have a very different team where you've got experts all across the board. You don't just have someone who understands languages. You have someone who understands languages, distributed systems, you know, storage, you know, cryptography, you know, product. We have that mix and that really sets us different, which means we're really coming to crypto with a product first view, right? Like we're trying to solve it from what do users need to do and how do we get there using technology? Not let's give you a sledgehammer and figure out which nails to to, to hammer in. It's a very different approach, which got us to where we are in terms of our development.
0: That's loud and clear. And I do love that vision. I like the way how you laid it out. Now, when we think about the technology and the approach needed to achieve that, I want to ask you about the debate between modular versus monolithic blockchains. What is your thinking between the pros and cons between these two? And what's the rationale behind the approach you chose? It's sweet.
1: Sure. For context, Sui is a monolith. It's not a modular blockchain and we're not religious of one versus the other. We just chose to adopt one that we think works for our use case or for the kind of problem stack that we're trying to deal with. Monolithic blockchains are great if you're trying to effectively give people a build your own type of world where I'm going to take an execution engine from here. I'm going to take consensus from here. I am going to take, you know, storage from here, right? It's a, it's a building block. I'll put together some blocks and help you build something. But in our experience, You don't build cars like that, right? Or you don't build, you know, aircrafts like that. Generally, things are engineered to work well together in a cohesive form to get the best out of it. As I mentioned, if you think about it, we have an object model. If our consensus didn't take advantage of the object model, then we have no benefit. We have an execution model that needs to be able to do things in parallel, but it can't do things in parallel without an object model to tell what's in contention versus not, right? So everything in SWE takes advantage of everything from the previous stack or the stack that's going to precede it. And that monolith design is what gets us our performance. It's what gets developers a better, better dev experience across the board. It's what basically makes sweet sweet. Now, I'm not dogging or, or talking negative against monoliths. I think they have their place to they have their, their market and their use case. But for the problems, the kind of problems we're trying to solve at scale, if we want to deal with billions and billions of users. We want to build a blockchain that scales horizontally. We don't think taking things off the shelf is the right approach. We think the approach of engineering from the fundamental low layer all the way to the top is where you get that those kind of you know massive shift in, in performance and, and user experience.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now, a- another pretty talked about topic in terms of the initial tech stack that you decide on when starting to build a blockchain ecosystem is whether you want to be EVM compatible or not. Now, you at SWE have apparently decided that it is not that important. You're willing to go another route. So could you quickly speak about your thoughts on the general importance of evm compatibility and whether you think that that's just something that is a bit overvalued at the moment
1: yeah i I think one can argue that um ethereum has a very strong network effect and that is very good credit you know good credit goes to the team that's worked on it, vitalik and the team we think that's great but we do not buy the idea that evm compatibility is something every chain actually needs i mean solana is a good example that that's actually not the core requirement and i I think swiz and other so 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 are others Beyond that, also, it is impossible to scale an EVM chain. And we make that statement very boldly. It's also impossible to keep an EVM chain safe, right? The number of hacks, we're only going to see billion, billion dollar hacks soon at some point with EVM ecosystem, right? It's hard to write safe code, right? There aren't enough developers in Web3 as it is. So compared like maybe 10,000 EVM, um, um, you know, developers, I'm, I'm summarizing here versus millions of javascript developers right there's a big gap and we want to be able to build a stack that tailors to the mass market not just a very small subset of users we already have suede ecosystem that's about 128 million tvl we've grown past majority of evm chains already so that's not what you need for product market You just need a product that actually solves a problem that people need to try and solve from a large perspective so no we don't think evm compatibility is a must we actually think it's a negative if you're trying to build something at scale but if you're Thinking about just pure, uh, a very focused market on just VGENs alone. Perhaps you start with EVM and you go along those lines, but we think we've got good examples that that's not something you actually need to focus on as a chain.
0: Those are really great points. And I, I'm just, I just know that when you say those out loud, there's probably such a strong resistance within the crypto space towards that. So I, I'm glad you have some strong points behind them. The data doesn't lie, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, that we agree on 100%. The data doesn't lie. That's what we need to trust. But- Given your architecture that we just laid out here in the previous questions, SWE is a generalistic blockchain, so you want pretty much everything to be built on top of Sui. when we think of an internet native world which runs on blockchain rails. Can you shed light on what your current app and developer landscape looks like? So are there any specific verticals that are really standing out right now that you're initially focusing on?
1: Yeah. What we wanted to do is effectively go after use cases we think Sui does better than most chains. We don't want to compete with what other people are doing because it doesn't make any sense. Our goal, our goal is to grow the pie rather than try and fight against existing ecosystems. And it sounds like it's all blasé, but that's actually the truth. Three um, pillars we care about the most, gaming, commerce, and finance. Gaming because we build a chain with high throughput, and gaming is a very low latency, high throughput world. If you're going to deal with hundreds of millions of game players who are transacting in an economy, you need high scalability. And we've gone after gaming, and we have something like 60-plus games already signed up to launch suite. That's more than chains have been around for like three, four years. And that's only going to grow. We've got some top Hollywood that are coming onto to SWE exclusively. And that's going to a world of Web2 users who know nothing about crypto or should not know anything about crypto. And we think that's a market we'll do very well in. Finance is another one. We think people talk about composability, but we don't think composability or permissionless composability actually exists at scale in Web3 today. is object model, because you have the ability of objects to go between contracts and be respected by the runtime, we think real composability is actually possible on free for the first time ever. And we're already seeing a number of protocols do that already today. Commerce, we think the idea of fandom, building a fan base and trying to build loyalty is something that matters. It's a massive, massive industry. And we think Sui is well set for that. Some of the innovations we've made around ZK Login, which is namely in the layer one, there's ability to use your Google account without any middleware now. You can use Google, Facebook, any kind of Web, 3, Web 2 account to interact with the chain without any middleware, which means wallet's no longer required. You don't have to worry about gas because it could be sponsored by whoever is using, is being the front end for you. It means users can use Web3 without knowing they're using Web3. I'm just signing with Google. I'm just moving assets from App A to App B or Wallet A to Wallet B. And I don't even need to know that there's a blockchain involved. We think these kind of UX changes are only going to make sweet the trusted venue to do real commerce real gaming and real finance in the future.
0: A, a truly mass adoption optimized approach. You, you love to hear it because that is what we need. That's one of the biggest bottlenecks in the whole industry. Now, w- what does the team look like building this then right now? I know you as a representative of Mistin Labs, but then what are the core contributors at the moment, the different teams there, contributing to the core development of the sweet blockchain?
1: Yeah, so our team, a lot of our team came from Facebook who worked on Libra blockchain. We were the core in- inventors of that chain and we chose not to use it when we left Facebook because we knew it was built for a time before we knew all the problems that needed to be solved today. So the team is full of very strong engineers from Google, Facebook, some of the top fan companies in the world. And we've also got, you know, product leaders from, from other, from other gaming, even in our marketing or partnerships team. They're all from very highly respective industries. So we're all focused on mass adoption. And we, it's great to have the world we have to today in Web3, but we want to go after a broader market. So we also have a very large research team full of cryptographers and distributed systems experts as well. We are shipping papers all the time. If you go to com, you'll be able to see a bunch of papers that we're always shipping out and always getting peer reviewed, always being entertained by the largest scientific communities in the world. So we're very active in academia, very active in the world of distributed systems, and it's a very world-renowned, respected team. So as, as I mentioned, you know everything we do comes with a very strict scientific rigor because. We're building production systems, and and just needs to work as a result. So very proud of what we've done, very proud of the team that we've built. And I think, I keep saying, like, the thing that matters more, most is our team. I think we've built a very unique team that's just non-comparable to any team that exists today in Web3.
0: That is awesome. And it's, it's loud and clear from these answers. I mean, your architecture, consensus mechanism, the team building it, your approach is definitely very different to what we have out there already. Now, next I want to move on to kind of your economic model because you did allude to the fact that also in terms of tokenomics, you have a bit of a different model out there. Uh, getting to that, can you lay out Sui's current economic model?
1: Yeah, so Sui is very different. In the tokenomics, are very different. For example, if you in in Sui, problems we wanted to solve was storage, right? It's very expensive to store on any chain. In fact, all chains, right? We wanted storage to be very very cheap, but we also didn't want bad UX in terms of paying a monthly fee or whatever uh, fee to maintain assets on chain. We think that's bad UX from a user perspective. Separately from that, we don't believe that gas fees is something that should be jumping up and down based on token price, right? So SWE's got the only stable gas fee model in Web3. Namely, the, the fee for gas in SWE is, from a dollar perspective, will always be flat. And the reason for that is, every day there there is effectively a, a vote by all validators of what the gas is going to be, what they are willing to charge for gas. And they normally, they're gonna base that based on their underlying cost to run infrastructure, which is normally a fixed cost. If you quote too high, you're gonna lose out because transactions executing at a lower price effectively means that you earn less share of the stake rewards. If quote too low, then you are losing money because you're quoting below your underlying cost. So you're incentivized to quote the right number to be well within the bounds of all validators in the ecosystem. Now, that model has actually worked. As I mentioned to you, the day when we had the most of transactions in a single day, there wasn't a spike in gas. It was a flat fee across the day. So from a UX perspective, if it costs me one cent to mint today, five years' time, it should cost less because infrastructure is actually cheaper or bandwidth is, is less. It shouldn't cost me more, right? That's a design that is very different from any other chain that exists in the ecosystem. Secondly, if I store data on-chain, I'll pay a fee that's held in escrow on-chain that holds that asset in storage. Now. In the future, if that is no longer worth what I think it is, my wallet can ping me and say, hey, if you destroy this asset or burn this asset, you get 50 SWE back or whatever that may be. So there's an incentive to actually clear storage when it's no longer required. And also the fact that we can scale storage. We can store, we can add more storage over time as we horizontally scale the network, which most chains really can't do at the kind of scale that we're talking about. So we could talk about having a chain with petabytes and petabytes of on-chain data that's really usable from smart contracts perspective. Um, Sam makes a statement that the value of a layer one is, I, I can't say as well as, as eloquently as he, as he says, but the value of layer, uh, layer one is as valuable as the amount of heterogeneous state it can, a smart contract can access. What I mean by that is, if my contract can access a ridiculous amount of state, that means my ecosystem is very, very valuable. It's usable state. Now, if we start putting that state in layer twos, layer threes, layer sevens, whatever it may be, there's no longer any, any real value anymore, right? Like you're really constrained the value of our ecosystem. So we've built this to scale because we want, there'll be millions of smart contracts, um petabytes and petabytes of data on chain. More contracts will be loaded onto Suite to take advantage of that massive scale of data that's available to you for crafters of of, of dApps. So that has been our focus, our, our um, tokenomics model on um, staking. There's no innovation there. It's really a proof of stake system. It's the same thing people are generally used to you can stake on stake very, very quickly. It's built into, it was built into the ecosystem on day one. So that isn't any, any game-changing work there. But I think the game-changing feat is in the fact that gas is a stable thing. It doesn't randomly jump up because the token's gone up or just because there's contention. And storage is relatively cheap. And only gets cheaper as hardware and storage in cloud gets cheaper over time as well.
0: Got it. That is great. And building on the economic model, I wanted to ask about economic sustainability because that is a pretty big topic of discussion around blockchains as well because these are early stage projects. and We don't really have the exact model yet out there to what is actually a long-term sustainable model. So how do you think of it in the context of balancing fees between validator rewards, staking rewards, um, and token inflation? So
1: in Sui, SWE is a different model. Is a is, I'll say, pseudo-deflationary. It's a fixed supply of 10 billion tokens that would never change but it's sort of inflationary in a sense that every time you store assets on chain you've locked those funds away for a decent amount of time so the more assets on chain the more the more tokens get locked up and the more valuable the token or the more valuable the use of a, ch- of a chain is going to be overall now in reality that's by design because ultimately we 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 don't think an inflationary system is something that works for the world of web 3 which we're going into right like We we don't want to replicate the same problems we have in Web 2 of inflation. We want to actually minimize that and build value in the apps and ecosystem. So it is a fixed, finite amount of tokens that would ever exist in suite. Beyond that as well, the validators, um, we built a model where there are stake incentives. 10% of the network tokens in circulation will be incentives to validators to basically um, subsidize the cost of running infrastructure until profitability. And our goal As an ecosystem, if you look look at all the participants, mist and labs, builders around the ecosystem, is to grow the transaction volume of of a chain. Because now you do not have a maximum TPS, you're incentivized to draw as much transactions on chain as possible because the more transactions, the more fees are earned and the more valuable the ecosystem ultimately is. We run the numbers. I can't remember off the top of my head. I ran the numbers of of a world where you can easily generate 3 to $4 billion in fees with very low transaction cost as long as you go after the right use cases on SWE. So that's what matters for us, like we want to, sweet should be not compared to Avalanche or Solana, SWE should be compared to GCP, AWS, that is that market, that is a TAM. that is a huge market, and we're not saying you take your data off Google and go to sweet. we're saying you take, rather than storing assets of ownership on Google and AWS, you'll go to, a, to a, a provider or a public infrastructure that can handle that scale, but can also do that in a decentralized way. So we want, want Sweet to be that for Web3, effectively a decentralized AWS and GCP for that, for that
0: world at scale. That is amazing. Now, in that system, where should value accrue and how does it accrue in Sui's
1: network? We think value always should be accrued with the applications, right? Applications have a responsibility to build things that are useful for consumers or for businesses. One example is Bluefin today, which is a derivatives platform on SWE. It's actually one of the top performing derivatives platforms that exist Web2 already. Uh, the volumes that occurs on SWE is actually topping that of Arbitrum already today. That's DeFi. And we have gaming. We have games that have done more transactions themselves than other chains have done in the entirety as a whole. So we think the value is going to be accrued. with building actual apps that people want to use. For games, it needs to be fun games. For finance, it needs to be things that actually make finance better. And solves a real problem rather than just pure gambling and people are already building casinos on suite because it's easier to build things there's on-chain randomness there's, that's naturalistically available on chain you can build fully decentralized venues for, for trading for gambling or any kind of use case that you really care about and commerce is a use case we're seeing grow as well because we have standards that actually allow you to have real locked really closed loop tokens so if you are an enterprise company trying to build real closed loop tokens within your ecosystem you could do that today you could even say Only people with a Gmail account can own this token. Or Only people with an Amazon account can own this token. Or only people with KYC by Chase Bank can transact in this DeFi pool. Now, these are options, right? You also have on-chain privacy. I can send a coin to you and say, I want to hide the balance or the amount transferred to everybody in the world. Just me and the sender should know. I don't need to make my on-chain account Twitter for everybody else in the world. We think for any kind of gross, large consumer adopted application, Privacy needs to be at the heart. It's impossible to have large-scale consumer applications without any sense of privacy. And that's something we've invested heavily in. ZK proofs are available on SWE already today. Like, we already have ZK technology on SWE for privacy. We don't need it for scalability. Privacy is what we need it for. And that's actually doing wonders already.
0: Yeah. And digging even deeper into the value accrual, I want to think of it from the venture case perspective for SWE. Because you mentioned there that you see that the majority of value will be accrued and captured at the application layer. With that being the case, how do you define the actual venture case and value accrual for SWE, the protocol itself?
1: Yeah. So quite frankly, what is a platform? A platform becomes a platform when the net value of all the applications on it exceeds that of the platform itself, right? So if we have a super valuable ecosystem of applications, right? That's when we have put a market fit, right? You have an ecosystem of of apps that are way more valuable than Sui itself, then Sui benefits from that, right? It's a, you're building a dependency on the online infrastructure and online platform over time. That's where the value of crawl will be for the platform itself. But realistically, what we want to do is because of all the innovations we've had from a platform perspective, it allows people to build those apps that can reach product market fit because it can be more tenable to consumers faster than what exists in Web3 today. So if we can allow apps to be successful, SWE absolutely will be successful. That is a point of the platform, right? It doesn't make sense for SWE to be, you know, N billion dollars or whatever, and then the app ecosystem is only 100 million, right? Like, so what, right? What matters is if we can get hundreds of billions, trillions of dollars worth of apps on SWE, then of course that's going to uprise the value of online platform. That's our focus. That's why like mass adoption actually matters. We don't think crypto has mass adoption today, not by any shape or form. It's still about tokens. It's less about utility and the use. We want SWE, the token, to be an actual utility, not a commodity. It's something that you use on a day-to-day basis without even knowing it. Just like Google credits are being used to pay for, you know, the websites I'm browsing today, or someone's playing Cloudflare for some load balancing or even DDoS protection, right? It's something that's happening in the background, but you're benefiting from it. We want SWE to be that, but in a Web3 world. So that's the value proposition for us, right? Like it needs to be part of everything you do on a day-to-day basis, but it needs to be so hidden away that it's, it's a mundane thing to a large extent.
0: Got it. Yeah, that is very well said. Now, if we try to quantify or when you internally like, try to quantify the performance and state of that platform right now, what do you say are the best metrics or KPIs to measure a blockchain at the moment?
1: I mean, if I want to compare it to existing chains, forget about like the future chains, for example, right? Like our goal, we want to have sweet have a million daily active users within 12 months of, of mainnet. We're already, we're six months in and we're far from that. We want to get there very, very soon. We're already ahead on all the metrics. TVL is about 128 million today. It's actually, you know, in the top 10 of non EVM chains, probably top five non EVM chain world already. Um, volume, transaction volume, which is product market fit for the volume, for the tvl you actually have it's not worth having a lot of tvl but no actual volume it shows zero utility volume on suede is actually very high so it's in the top 10 it's actually in the top 20 of all chains in the world and top top four top five of non-evm chains already so we're seeing within six months suede's eclipsed or many chains that have been around for way way longer and where will we be in two three years time only time can tell but we think we've built the right team that could take advantage of that i mean If you show the progress we've made in a very short space of time, I I think we're in a trajectory to really do a great service for Web3. And not because we're going to be fighting users from existing ecosystem, but because we can bring net new users to Web3 because of the innovations that we've built.
0: Got it. And having been live now on Mainnet for six months, how do you brutally, honestly rate your current performance? Like from the way you speak, you're incredibly ambitious and passionate about what you're building. Like right now, are you happy with where you are six months in?
1: As we always say at Facebook, we're 1% complete, right? And I'll say the same thing. Like, we're never content. We, we always want more. We want the chain to be even more scalable than it is. We want to have more applications on chain. We're six months in, right? We shouldn't beat ourselves up too much. But we have high aspirations of our chain. We ha- we're we very high achievers. We have a chip on our shoulder from what we did before. So it's natural for us to feel like, you know, we just want to do better than we already are doing. I would give us, you know, 7 out of 10 for where we are now. I think. If, if you had to compare our finance performance or on-chain performance from uh, apps, from transactions, it eclipses majority of chain today. So we should really be very happy. But I think what we want to do is we want to bring, we can't wait till we have these games come on chain because it's really going to show what SWE does. So different from other chain. DeFi is already growing and people are already building things in DeFi and SWE that you can't do another chain. But we think DeFi is very focused on a small segment. We want... To be able to log on to DeFi protocol using a Google account and begin to start to trade right away. That's where we want to be. We want that to be built tomorrow. And we have actually a few builders working on it right now, Bluefin being one of them as well. So you'd be able to go onto a website, log in with the Google account, start trading in DeFi without just compared. It would be exactly the same as going to Binance, going to another, you know, another centralized exchange. We have um, ecosystems that you know, are launching perps on suite. It's already doing 2,000 uh, matches per second, which is impossible on any chain that exists today we just want those apps to be live now right we want everything to be live right away but it will take time and i think probably we should think back you know a couple of months time and, and do the same assessment i'm happy to talk to you again but i think if i had to summarize where we are i think we'll give ourselves a seven out of ten but i think we're trending really really well in the right direction from an ecosystem
0: awesome yeah definitely and i think that that mindset of where one percent there is definitely worth forking for both myself and anyone <laughs> listening here that is a great way to think about things for sure now w- what came to my mind there is that are there any topics or achievements that from your point of view you feel deserve more attention from like the crypto community or media that haven't really been caught on
1: i think if there's anything we do poorly at, at mistin and overall in this ecosystem is we don't shell our we don't toot our own horn loud enough right i think we're innovating so fast. We're inventing things so quickly that it can quickly get lost. Some of the things I want to touch on is we have the ability of ZK proofs on-chain. So anybody can use a Web3 account directly to engage with a chain. We have sponsored transactions, which means apps can, you, people can engage with SWE, never touching gas. That is an innovation that's built into the layer one directly. You don't need a middleware for that to happen. We already uh, are building other primitives into chain where you can send assets to objects. Object to object transactions, which allows you to build crazy hierarchical complex structures. They just can't do with an EVM or some kind of solidity contract that exists today, even on um, um, non EVM chains. Um, th- there's a whole slew of things coming. We have you know, new storage models that we are going to break people's minds. There's some stuff we're going to release in um, in February timeframe that I can't go into detail on, but I'm very excited about. It's some of the reasons why I even got into crypto in the first place. But we're innovating at such a blistering pace that it can quickly get lost onto the next thing that comes on, right? So I think moving forward, we need to do a better thing on the narrative side to make sure that we really give these things, these stories, time to sink in so that, you know, supporters of the ecosystem get enough time to digest and understand the why. But the reason why we innovate fast is because we are trying to serve a customer base of real users who have real problems today. So we're not trying to give them, we will scale in five years or we will solve it problem in five years. We're trying to solve it now because they have those problems now. And it also tells that the The kind of people coming to use SWE have tried other chains or the things they want to do aren't possible elsewhere. So the fact that we're innovating so fast tells you that we're engaging with customers, we're engaging with builders who have very unique problems that are just not solved or or, or tabled by other chains that exist today. It's a a demand on us based on our ecosystem, not because we just like to invent cool stuff. I mean, everyone loves to invent cool stuff, but we care about market fit more than anything else.
0: That again it is a really great approach. Now, kind of final topic that I wanted to touch on here, when we think about unlocking growth and approaching more mass adoption, is that on your blog you've also alluded to the importance of strategic partnerships and how they expand Sui's use cases. Can you share a bit more about what kind of partnerships and what kind of use cases you are targeting with these?
1: Yeah, so we have partnerships with some of the biggest gaming companies in the world. Uh, I believe I mentioned we have about sixty games signed to Sui. In Korea, some of the biggest game game companies, billion dollar industries billion dollar companies already exclusively building on suite we have nhn we have ncsoft we have netmarble fnc these are some of the biggest game builders in the world they're already building on suite it shows that it's something that suite offers that they just can't get elsewhere in the commerce world we have partnerships with red bull racing who are trying to build a new bring new forms of fan engagement into their ecosystem to actually extend their fan base we're working with some other sports brands that we'll be announcing soon but overall for us it's showcase with strong brands things that they want to do at scale and that would actually get other people super excited so these are less about logos on cars and like branding initiatives these are take a big brand show them that you can bring product market fit to their problems and then that tells a story broader to a broader ecosystem so there is a top-down approach which is work with the biggest names in the world to actually solve the problems and there's a grounds-up approach where the sweet foundation does namely with Exciting builders, getting them to build problems for the Web3 community, and also giving grants out to an ecosystem to ensure that they can actually build successful applications. So we're solving the problems with a two-pronged approach. We're solving it from a top-down with massive brands, and then from a bottoms-up approach with the community aspect as well. So we have to do both. Otherwise, you end up having either a professor ecosystem, which people don't want to do, do anything with, or you have just uh, a bunch of DGENs that don't go to product market there. We have to have both. I think It's important. I hate the word DGEN, to be honest. I call it early adopters, and they're very, very critical, and we care about that a lot. And then there's a world of of you know very mature app builders in Web2, which build the best user experiences in the world, not web three. web Web2's got the best user experiences in the world. It just has the poorest ownership model in the world, and I think. Marino's 2 is going to be absolutely amazing.
0: I agree uh, with the word degen there. It is a bit maybe condescending as we start getting more and more people who aren't that crypto native to get into the space. So early adopter is much better term. Totally agree. <laughs> then if we think about main challenges, the read I'm getting that from a technical point of view, you guys are in a really good place. And it, the, the biggest challenges would mainly be getting the word out there about Sweet and your position within the market. Is that a fair read of the situation?
1: Yeah, it's all to do with time. Six months live in Mainnet is not a lot of time, so we're we're trending ahead in the right important metrics. What we want to do is like I, I keep thinking, yeah. like our our focus in the first year would be a be a million daily active users, and that tells you we're already beyond Web three. Like it's really bringing in a mass amount of Web two users that use change on a day to day basis. So our challenges would really be making sure that we are partnering with the right folks who are solving the right problems that reach product market fit. It's very interesting to get caught up into sexy use cases that don't really bring a value to consumer which is where we're we're a strong consumer team we focus on consumer related problems and we want to make sure that whatever we're architecting solves a problem that ultimately benefits the end user so it, it's really that it's going to be if if we fail it will be we don't focus on strong consumer problems and focus on interesting shiny toy problems right And i don't think we'll we'll ever get caught up in that i think we have a we have a decent sized product team probably have the biggest product team in web3 in a layer one as, as a whole.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I think that's a great position to be in because we're about 85 episodes in on this fundamentals podcast and all of the EVM based chains we spoke with. And when I ask about the main challenges, it's still technical. <laughs> it's still technical and scaling related challenges. So I feel that's an interesting one. Hey, you guys really need to approach it from a different perspective as well. Like if the technical base is set in terms of scalability, throughput security. Now you need to work on getting the word out there and fighting against the EVM maxis uh, who would just try to shoot everything down. (laughs) We love those guys. I mean,
1: again, I use Ethereum. I love what they've done. I just don't think it's a future for things at scale. I think it's always going to have a place. Just like people still have, you know, dial-up modems for backup. I think, you know, broadband has shown us it brings you Netflix. It brings you wonderful applications that weren't possible before. We think Suite is broadband for Web3. And that's really the goal, right? It's to bring a whole queue of people to an ecosystem that is going to give them an ultimate benefit on their day to day lives. And I think that's our focus.
0: That is amazing. And I agree. I love every single ecosystem out there. We approach it very objectively here at Token Terminal. We look at the data. We believe that every single contributor with whatever technology is just really helping us push towards mass adoption. Big fans of what you're doing at Sweet as well. So thank you so much, Adani, for this session. Incredible output from you. This was a really compact, but also a deep enough dive into Sweet to really understand how you position the market, what's coming next. Happy to hear that you have some exciting announcements coming out. We'll make sure to amplify those at Token Terminal as well. And let's make sure to do this in about six months' time again to look back at what we spoke about here and, and where you are.
1: Undoubtedly, we'll be in an even better position than we are today. And it was an absolute pleasure to join you on this call. Thank you so much for taking your time for us. We really appreciate it.